I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And I'm not going away with some dirty Norman punts to spit all over me. If he spits over me, I'm Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is, of course, Nick Hart. Welcome to today's proceedings. Millwall versus Rochdale in League One. Nearly said League Division Three, it's League One. Um, today's fixture is, of course, on the back end of a remarkable week. I don't know if anyone's tuned into the previous show. We did the show number 93. This is Akdung 94. Last the one prior to this is well worth a listen. I know that some people find the whole regeneration and its ins and outs and ups and downs to be tedious and boring, but it's well worth a listen to, to the show uh, we did in the midweek. Um, show number 93, featuring Guardian journalist Barney Roney and club spokesman. David Prescott. Um, been a remarkable turn of events in the, the whole Lewisham saga. Well worth a tune in for that. I'm going to leave that subject alone for this, this edition because I'm sure that you and me and everyone else listening has had enough of regeneration, the ins and outs of these multi-million pound deals. But tune in for it because um, the club's had a little bit of a result. Um, the cabinet's going to have to reconsider the whole regeneration scheme and there may yet be an outside chance that Mill may come through with his own plans to redevelop the car park and thus ensure its long-term future and financial viability. So great news on that front. Um, in today's team news, we have a number of changes in the Mill starting lineup. Three changes in actual fact. Sid Nelson comes in, as does Ben Thompson in midfield, and Lee Gregory starting up front with Steve Morrison. So the full Mill team today is in goal. Jordan Archer across the back line, then Marlon Romeo, Sid Nelson, um, and this is Ben Webster. Ben Webster's a jazz musician. It's Byron Webster. And Tony Craig presumably playing on the left with, with Nelson in the middle. Um, Craig, OK, he's in. Joe Martin drops out because of a, of a, a yellow card last week and that very disappointing charade up at South End. Anyway, across the middle, we've got Aidan O'Brien, Spen Thompson, Sean Williamson and Shane Ferguson. And the dynamic duo of Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison up front. On the bench is Tom King, Worrell, Fred, Greg Wilde, uh, Callum Butcher... Jimmy Abdu and Noah Chesmaine, the prospect that we all want to see. I'd like to see to have seen him start today, but there we are. I'm not the team manager, am I, dear listeners? Now, the mere mention of the word Rochdale, there are some podcasters out there that might adopt a cliched approach and go for the easy laughs on all things Rochdale listeners. Now, you know me better than that. I'm not one to 
go to uh, you know, the, the cheap the cheap gag the easy crack about Rochdale and if you think that uh, you've come to that kind of podcast well you've come to exactly the right place up front for Rochdale is big Cyril Smith across the midfield is the Rochdale sex gang I've run out after that um, there's, there's the, <laughs> I can't think of any more sex offenders I'm down at Jimmy Saddle but in fairness he doesn't come to Ro- from Rochdale there we are there's a cheap easy gag cheap laughs always worth a go in today's news, the London News Online Codop UK website has a feature on Steve Morrison, Mill Striker Morrow, it says. People who don't like our style will have to lump it, says Morrow. Steve Morrison spells it out in this piece online. He says that Mill will not be changing their playing style, so critics have better start getting used to it. All you critics, all you boo boys in the stands, get used to the fact that we're going to lump it forwards relentlessly at Morrison. Morrow says we're happy to concede possession. They can have the ball, meaning the opposition. They can have the ball 70 yards from our own goal. We're quite happy with that. When people get frustrated watching it and feel we're not doing something, well, we are. We're forcing them to make a decision, says Morrow. Nine times out of ten, the opposition make the wrong decision and they give the ball back to us. We know what we're doing, he says. We like to play the way we play. We're not going to change for anyone. It works for us. People that don't like it will have to lump it. So lump it, all you boo boys. I reposted that on, on Twitter with the uh, the moniker. The ironic moniker, I suppose, in some ways. Real wall. Which I think he is. Steve Morrison does not... He knows people don't like him and he don't care. That's real wall. If, if it's not that, what is it? I'm going to get one or two, you know, saucy remarks back about him criticising our fans. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we can't get too pressured. If we want to dish out the uh, the Fs and the blinds to our players and the boos and, and whatever, then uh, they're entitled to have their say back. Are we that precious down the den? Seems we are a little bit. Anyway... Morrison says it is what it is, but it's like um, Popeye used to say, I am what I am, and that's all I am. So that's what Steve Morrison's like, Popeye. It is what it is, isn't it? Do I agree with it? Maybe not. Hmm, I'll just change a note there. Maybe not, but I can't change that. It doesn't help, does it, if you're being booed, he means. You're going in, drawing a game, and you're getting booed. We deal with it, and it's something we have to get used to at our football club. It's the Millwall way. So there you are, it's all on London News Online Network, if you want to check that out. Neil Harris speaking to the news at Den says he wants to see a return of horrible Millwall. Horrible Millwall. Um, last time he wanted horrible Millwall, I think we had people lined up on the side of the pitch kicking a ball whilst it was in play and um, screaming blue murder. We all like a bit of blue murder, though, don't we? We all like a little bit of mayhem. David Bowie's song about we'll build a glass asylum with a hint of mayhem. That's the, that's the, that's the theme tune for the Den. A glass asylum with just a hint of mayhem. But Neil Harris, his problem is with our lack of pressing last week at Southend particularly. And he's reminded the boys about getting back to some basics. He wants aggressive pressing, which we are renowned for, our club, and which of course will keep our fans on side. If they see the team playing as a unit, pressing from the very front, then that will keep people happy or happier. Or maybe marginally less miserable. Maybe that's the real definition of happiness. Marginally less miserable. In other news, the league, uh, the home league match against Charlton on, on October the 8th has been postponed due to Charlton's glittering array of its glittering tapestry of international stars playing um, uh, internationally, one assumes, internationals. They've got more than three internationals out, so therefore that means our home game on May the 8th was postponed to another date yet to be determined, probably a midweeker against Charlton. A couple of introductions for the game. Keith Stevens, Ryan O'Stevens, all the way over from Australia. Great servant for the club, obviously. How many was it? 500 plus appearances? And goalkeeper from the early 70s, my first start going, Brian King, who's um, a, a lot more, <laughs> carrying a lot more timber as we all are, a lot more timber now than he was back in the old days, but a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, England prospect in an era where there are many other good English goalkeepers. 
Um, so he never, he was never truly recognised because also he's playing for Millwall naturally. So he never got the the projection that other, other goalkeepers did. But he was at that level, in my opinion. Fantastic goalkeeper, Brian King. There he goes off the pitch. Living in Scandinavia now, I believe, uh, Sweden, I, I believe. It's a warm day, it's a warm day. It was sunny earlier on, a little bit of high-level cloud in the air above South Bermondsey, or New Bermondsey. Flags fluttering in a, in a very nice, gentle breeze at the moment. It's just a beautiful day for football. The, uh, the stadium looks fantastic, filling up as we approach kickoff time. The Lions will, of course, want to put to rest that awful, awful, awful performance last week at Roots Hall. Uh, we covered it on this show last week. You were probably there yourself. There's 2,000 of us down there. And it was a shocker. So um, where that came from and where it's been put to rest, who knows? Hopefully it's been killed and buried at the bottom of the back garden with uh, perhaps a, a stake for its heart or something of that kind. A few pre-match tweets for you. Charlie, MFC, talking about Aidan O'Brien. Says O'Brien is not a winger, for fuck's sake. FFS. For, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Sound like uh, Sylvester. Sylvester. For fuck's sake. He's not even any good in his supposed natural position, position up front. O'Brien is, I'll say that properly. O'Brien is not a winger for fuck's sake. He's not even any good in his supposed natural position up front, says Charlie. I don't know why I came into the Sylvester the Cat character there. I just did. Why not? Kev, Mill Kev 76 says there's a bloke asleep in the seats at Millwall. He's in the stadium and the game hasn't even started yet. Time to fall asleep yet, mate, once the football starts. Here come the two teams. Rochdale wearing all red. Lions in their usual blue and white stripes. Stokes the Rochdale kit has a blue sash. Rather uh, rather cutting. A, a blue sash across the middle. Is that, that the, the sash that my father wore? I don't know. A bit of an Ulster Unionist gag there for you. This is sure it was even a gag particularly. Lions come into today's game unbeaten at home in 12 League One games, 13 including last season's playoffs, and they take on a side today, Rochdale, in 23rd place in the table. But as we know, with that Rochdale sex gang midfield, they don't mind coming back from behind, do they? Boom, boom. Big Cyril very keen on Rochdale playing the kids in their side, apparently. I think I'll stop with the obvious gag making, shall I? I think it's probably best. Okay. One wouldn't want a Millwall show to be crass in any way, shape or form. So the Rochdale Sex Gang will be attacking the cold blow lane end in the first half. Millwall attacking the away North Stand. Doesn't have a name, does it? That end. It's North Stand. The away end. You know where I mean. Away we go. Early signs are that the Lions have come into this game today with a little bit more spring in their step. This is Gregory to O'Brien inside the penalty area now. Play back. This is Williams from distance. Can't get any power on a shot. Almost trickles wide to uh, just in front of Steve Morrison. Four minutes gone. Five minutes is a long throw in from Marlon towards Lee Gregory inside the penalty area. Gregory across the edge of the box, taken comfortably enough in the event by the yellow clad, all yellow clad, Rochdale goalkeeper. Probably Mike Harding in goal for, for them. Not that I want to imply in any way, shape or form that Mike Harding is linked to any of the characters named earlier in the show, other than the fact he was born in Rochdale. Was he not the Rochdale cowboy? He was a dreary comedian, that, that much is true. I can say that, my lawyers advise me. I can say what a dreary comedian. Mike Harding was, I believe, Lisa Stansfield. She's another daughter of Rochdale, wasn't she? Oh, she's playing out there today for them. Ball bouncing around the middle pen. Yeah, that's taken comfortably enough by Jordan Archer. Six minutes gone. As you can tell by the old drivel I'm coming out with, not an awful lot going on at the moment. 
Here come Rochdale down the middle right, the 15's got the ball, he puts it across the middle box, that's going to be 1-0 to Rochdale. Simple, simple tap-in from a simple cross, the 10's given space on the edge of the penalty and he slams home with no one challenging. Apparently there were words in the middle dressing room last week at Southend, there want to be words about that little piece of defensive, awful play, awful play. 1-0 Rochdale, shocking defence. Nine minutes gone, the Lions find themselves a goal down to what hasn't looked much of a side so far. Somehow we contrive to put ourselves in these situations. I don't know how we do it. Um, defensively, we just look consistently, consistently poor. That was a cross from the right-hand side. That's Tony Craig on his, on his watch. But then there was no one in the middle challenging there. So that's going to be down to Sid Nelson and Byron Webster. So there we are. There's the um, take your pick from any one of those three. Morrison wouldn't comment on the uh, words exchanged. There's a lovely ball over the top to Lee Gregory. He's through on goal. 1-0, one 1-0. All, one all. Aiden O'Brien, Aiden O'Brien. Lee Gregory put through over the top. He manages to put it wide to uh, Aiden O'Brien, who pokes home from close. One each within a minute. That's a bit like having um, a, squat, a spot squeezed on your forehead when it's irritating you. Everyone's a little bit more relieved around the stadium. Half a minute to get excited. Let's have a watch this at the replay. Ball over the top. Lee Gregory put through on goal. His, his shot actually it rebounds off the goalkeeper. Falls to Aiden O'Brien inside the six-yard box. It was actually a shot rebound rather than any kind of pass. One each, one each. I don't know what it is about our scoreboards where we paid big money. or we, we, Someone's paid big money for the scoreboard, the, uh, the Jumbo John Tron screen that we now have. Uh, anyone who remembers the old one knew that by the end of its days, it was half of it, the bulbs were out and um, it looked like a 14-year-old with acne. Um, well, at the moment, there's like a large green square, of oblong rather, uh, top left in, in the... Um, in the, on the Jumbotron screen. What is it? It must be some kind of curse for Jumbotrons in our stadium. This one's on the turn as well now, it seems. This one's also looking cheap and cheerful. Maybe that's how we like it, down and then, cheap and cheerful. Well, that run through from Lee Gregory, the ball over the top, finding Lee Gregory is what we've been missing for some weeks. A goal's result. I mean, his shot was actually blocked by the goalkeeper there and it fell kindly to, into the path of Aidan O'Brien, but nevertheless, that was the run that made the goal happen. Long throw into the box again, bouncing around. This is Aidan O'Brien, this is Lee Gregory, tries to one to it. O'Brien click, that's got to be a penalty. It is a penalty. 17 minutes, little one-headed one-two between Lee Gregory and Aidan O'Brien. O'Brien was running past the, the headed flick from Gregory, got clipped from behind clearly, and thankfully the referee saw it, gets a yellow card to defender number five. Mill penalties to be Greg's at takes, of course. So 18 minutes approaches, Gregory lines up to take. Here he goes. 2-1, basically straight down the middle it looked like, the goalkeeper went to his right and Lee Gregory held his nerve to almost put it straight down the middle along the floor, 2-1, have a look at the replay, coolly taken penalty, high risk one, high risk one, let's watch it again, here it goes, um, goalkeeper goes to his left and he goes to his right, probably more on the right hand side, I'm giving it credit for, you'll see it on the YouTube, make your own mind up. Gregory, who was the bloke in um, Body Talk? Who was that band that came from Tottenham? Body Talk. Lee Gregory, not Lee Gregory, Lee John. Lee John. Can't think of the name of the band. Now my mind is going, listeners. Body Talk. That's one for the one for the uh, the Twitter. Lee John. They did Body Talk and di Diamonds and Girls and Sequins and Pearls and whatever that shit was. It all came from Tottenham. Um, what can I tell you, so far, 19 minutes gone, I mean, lines have clawed their way in front. It's not been a brilliant game, in all honesty. Rochdale looked, looked like a poor side. Um, we gave them far too much time and space for their goal, which um, I thought flattered them. 
but to our credit, we've we've clawed our way back into this game. It's, it's, it's a game we should win. From at this point in this game, in this position, at this point in the game, we should win this. Halfway through the first half of a fairly um, quiet game, really. I know there's been three goals, amazingly, but it hasn't been that kind of game. Um, as I've said, the the Rochdale goal was was a product of poor defensive work on the on their right, our left. Um, I won't say who's on the left. And then a cross into the box that was basically watched by everyone rather than challenged and cleared. Um, otherwise, Mill looked by far the better side. Um, we, we're looking first to the ball. Loose balls with, with uh, Ben Thompson is making those his. And we're deservedly 2-1 ahead. But uh, we should never have conceded that first goal, in all honesty. Rochdale on the attack at a nine on the edge of the Mill penalty. Plays it out wide left. Ball into the box. Again, that's a flick header wide of the right-hand post. What is going on with our defence? What is our defence doing? We are looking rattled every time Rochdale are coming at us at the moment. Shot from distance from Steve Morrison over the top. The right-hand side, the left-hand side of the goal was on the edge of the penalty, on the angle of the penalty area. Aidan O'Brien on the floor, hobbling away with, uh, with our... Looks like it might, it might be his day's business done, the way he's walking off. His hands are on his head, 25 minutes. The uh, physio's walking off with him. Hang on the head. Warrell comes in for O'Brien. He must have taken a knock there somewhere. It looks like his head. Pulls the Marlon back on the half island, punts it forward, lumps it forward. Overruns Steve Morrison, but finds Ferguson. Collects left hand side, just on the uh, byline. Beautiful cross into the box. Little handball. Little handball. Crowd howling, rifle was handball. Referee said he took on his chest to clear. 32 minutes. Ball breaks in midfield towards Steve Morrison, who's got three defenders around him. Morrison dribbles through, a lot of them. Cuts it back to Lee Gregg. This is going to be Ben Thompson's shot. Deflected, that's going to go. It's actually looped up high, collected by the goalkeeper in the event. Nice little move. Mill making a, a, the most of their good fortune, and in, in it fell to Steve Morrison from an error by the Rochdale midfield, the Sex Gang. And uh, Ben Thompson's shot was actually deflected up high. 34 minutes. That green... Um, spot on the on the uh, the jumbotron is now flashing with like a lurid pink goes green and pink green and pink like it's one of these alien civilizations trying to make contact with us by you know um by morse code because you don't know if the aliens would have morse code but it's, it's like that see if i can decipher the alien message shall i uh, there's pink 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 uh pink I think the aliens are saying don't play Tony Craig in, in, at all, in not in defence. Or that means not at all. The aliens, by Morse code, are telling us don't play Tony Craig. How about that? There's an exclusive for Akdong Millwall. Here's Millwall in the attack. Warrell, deep cross on the far side. Oh, goalkeeper tipped it. Just, just enough to get, take it off the head of Steve Morrison. Good move. Rochdale attack, well, 13 is uh, 12 on space on the left-hand side. Wanted too long, and Mill got bodies between him now and the goal. There was a moment there where he, was, he had a free run. As I keep saying, we look defensively fragile. They will take great comfort from that. It's going to be a throw in to Millwall on the far left-hand side. There was just a moment there, one of those moments where your heart, heart stops. Your heart misses a beat, skips a beat. I was listening to um, a podcast, uh, Graham Hunter interviews. I don't know if anyone tunes into those. The big interview is called Graham Hunter. He's the ball bloke off of the La Liga coverage on Sky Sports. And he was interviewing Gianluca Vialli, um, the Italian international, Chelsea, um, Sampdoria, I believe, back in the days, uh, Juventus. 
Uh, and just one of the general points in the course of their conversation was the lack of defensive um, application and finesse in English football generally. We're talking about the Premier League, but I think it applies in, in this league as well. Um, certainly at Millwall at the moment, the fact that the art of defending, which is obviously the Italian, um, you know, the, the Italian uh, masterpiece, shall we say, is, is something that's rather faded from our game. I guess you could even argue that Portugal defended their way to the Euro 2016 title in many respects. But it's, a, it's an art form that's um, certainly not on show at the moment at Millwall Football Club and, and probably more widely in the game, the English game generally, up to the highest levels. So 38 minutes, going to be a Worrell corner, right-hand side. That's um, two defenders go for it in the side of the six-yard box. Bouncing around still, there's Byron Rebs of a backheader. That's going to be cleared. Incidentally, it's an interesting series of interviews, well worth checking out, any of those ones. I've, um, Hunter's style is... Um, uh, it may not be to everyone's taste. He goes on a bit. I find he goes he goes on about, and then and the, the essence of an interview is it's not about you, it's about your guests. But anyway, put that to one side. The guests he has on there are top draw, um, funny. Um, the one by Chris Waddle, I think I might have mentioned it on this show previously, is one on Chris Waddle. There's also one with Gary Neville. Very interesting interviews. An interesting life story is how they, they came to be in the game. Um, I will recommend them. The big interview by Graham Hunter. Looks like uh, Morrison's got some kind of head injury down there. He's receiving a bit of um, bit of claret knocking around. He's got some attention on the on the uh, left hand touchline, just in front of the away dugout. Rochdale on the attack, the 40 on the right hand side. Another ball into the box. More time and space for the 10. Again, we looked we looked dodgy. That's going to be a free kick conceded, thankfully. Um, time and space from a basic sense of. Um, they're right, our left, our left, balls back in from the left-hand side, causing us problems. Ball over the top, Steve Morrison. Beats the six, brilliant. Morrison through on goal. Ooh, the goalkeeper collects at the near post. Uh, Gregory was, was, was free on the far post there, if, uh, but the angle was so tight that Morrison couldn't get the ball across to him. Nicely done. Beautifully beaten, that's beat the six there, really did. Marlon overlapping with Worrell now. Right-hand side, his cross is blocked. Going to go for a middle throw. Down by the corner flag into the last few seconds of the first half. Steve Morrison from the throw, that's going to go for a throw in and there it is, half time, the Lions leading it 2-1 to one over a Rochdale side that um, I think we're making them look better than they actually are when they come forwards. Um, our defensive issues are the, the thing that I take out of that half. That said, we've done well to claw our way back into a game where we've gone behind. So, um, a rather unsatisfying 2-1 lead. That sounds very um, poncy, doesn't it? Sounds like something off a master chef, a rather unsatisfying dish. Uh, we're leading 2-1. That's all that matters. Um, there we are. We'll be back after these messages. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Few halftime tweets for your favourite part of the show, innit, listeners? The Griffin tells, tweets me actually, CBL Magazine. We look nervous at the back, says the Griff. Thankfully, they are shit. More goals for us in the second half. I make you right. I think we do look nervous at the back. Um, I think the reason for that nerv nervousness, Griff, is um, one TC. There we are. One TC. TC. Mill halfway line says, What a strange half. We look bright and inventive going forwards against poor opposition. And Rochdale show that though that we're very fragile at the back, says the Mill halfway line. Very, very much so, MHL. Mark Litchfield's got some positives for us. We like positives, Mark. Good reaction and the style of football is better. Less hoof, more playing. Link up play much better with Gregory out there. That's true. Negatives, though. Mark's got some negatives. It was a terrible goal to concede. It was a terrible goal indeed. I make you right, Mark. 
We let the ball go across the box and allowed the score to come in unchallenged, unchallenged. And there's been a couple of moments since where we've looked uh, on the brink of that kind of um, that kind of crisis again as well. So that is worrying. Dan, Dan points out the difference to the mill that uh, fully fit Lee Gregory makes to the side. And very true, Dan. <clears throat> we do look a better prospect with Lee Gregory starting, that's for sure. Just looking at a picture of uh, Steve Morrison coming up at half-time, posted by Lee Dolby. Um, claret all over his face as Lee posts it, and there is indeed blood all over uh, an injury above uh, Steve Morrison's left eye. Blood streaming down his face, so um, he's certainly taken a clattering. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of attention in that dressing room at half-time to get him back out in the second half, because there's more goals in this for Millwall, and more goals especially for the Gregory and Morrison partnership. Lions kick it off for the second half. In other news, I was reading online about Burnley striker Andre Gray being punished with a fine um, by the, the football authorities, such as you can use that term in modern-day football. Four-game ban and I think it was a 25 grand fine. I don't know where that goes. Um, because of some homophobic tweets published when he was a non-league player back in 2012. Playing, I think it was for Hinkley in non-league. And um, these tweets have come back to haunt him now as a, an established Premier League star. Um, ill-advised, ill-judged, no one can defend the tweets, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, what's to be solved four, five years later? When he, as he's apologised, he said he's a different person now to the person he was then. Um, he wants to do the right thing, um, all that kind of stuff. What are we really gaining by making a showtime of it? And make no mistake, that is a show punishment against a player who already has seen the error of his ways and wants to put it right. Make him, make him pay a bigger fine, put some money into a charity. Four game ban, though, is just showtime um, by the FA and its, and its, uh, its collaborators. There we are. Modern day football, that's my little piece said on that matter. A little bit of early pressure in his opening minutes from Rochdale. The ball's been down the middle end pretty much since the start of the half. It's now 47 and a half, so two and a half minutes of pressure. They, <laughs> just as I was saying that, they put the ball straight out cheaply for a mill throwing, so that should relieve that pressure for a few moments. But since kickoff, pretty much it's been Rochdale with possession inside the mill half. I know this is the tactic, I know this is the way that we, you know, we play our game, but um, it's. Uh, it's worrying when your defence is, is somewhat fragile, as we've seen today at, on occasions. Paul Lopin, ball over the top, he finds uh, Worrell. Inside is Morrison from the edge of the penalty area. His shot was too casual, too casual. There's a chance there. Mill win the ball back. This is Ben Thompson. Clattered on the edge of the penalty area. Surely that's got to be a free kick. The referee says, play on. Trying to weave his way through the central part of the Rochdale defence there. Ben Thompson took a clatter. No free kick awarded. Mill win a throw in though, 48 minutes, 48 and a half minutes. Long ball forward trying to find Steve Morrison. A free kick now awarded for, um, I couldn't tell you what, on, on Ben Thompson on the edge of the penalty. It must have been balked in some way. Mill free kick, right hand side of the D, about 20, 20 something yards out, 22, 23 yards out. 49 minutes, going to be Shane Ferguson that takes from distance, shot, it's straight into the wall. Rochdale coming forwards again now, 53 minutes, 39, plays it back to the eight, about halfway inside the middle half, they spray it wide right, over on the right-hand side, now ball into the box, That's, it's the back of Shane Ferguson, back to the Rochdale players, is eight, back on the halfway line, we've forced them all the way back to the five in their centre circle, Morrill finds Morrison across the box, the ball across the box there, 54 minutes, nice turn from... Steve Morrison, ball whipped across the, the uh, edge, edge of the line, actually the goal line, but no one there to touch it in. 54 minutes. 
The green spot on the Jumbotron is fascinating. It's like the, uh, the Jupiter spot, isn't it? The red spot on the surface of Jupiter, or the, the gaseous layers above the, where the surface Jupiter has. That's a bit like that on that Jumbotron with that green spot. Faulty brings it away deep in the uh, Rochdale half. They've got a break on here. There's the uh, 19 on this half. It's going to clatter off of Sid Nelson for a Rochdale corner. 56 minutes. Ball clatters off Sid Nelson there for a Rochdale corner on the 56 minutes. I'd say the second half has opened up in a fairly even, even way, really. Both teams are pressing forwards, trying to find the critical, trying, trying to find the critical next goal. And Rochdale matching us 50-50 in, in, in enterprise, if not in their, in their finishing so far. Dipped into the middle box, that falls to... Oh, fantastic overhead kick from the, the uh, 19. Palmed away from the line by Jordan Archer. Ball bounced a little a moment too long in defence. Once again, our defence looks hesitant. Um, the 19 managed to get an overhead kick and Archer was equal to it on the line. Great save by Jordan Archer. 57 minutes. So Rochdale corner on the, on the right-hand side now. That's dipped back into the box. Punch clear by, by Archer. Again, the, we're not commanding the central area of our defence. We are not commanding that at all. We look a much better side going forward as we do defensively at the moment, listeners. Morrison does fantastic work there. Plays it through down the middle. This is Ferguson. Wide right. Worrell, wide right, ball into the box, across the face of the goal, cleared by the seven in the face of Lee Gregory inside the six-yard box. Millwall corner, 58 and a half minutes. We look much brighter going forward defensively. We do look at sixes and sevens. Like uh, we look relegation material in defence and promotion material going forwards. Millwall forwards trying to find Lee Gregory taken by the goalkeeper as the 60th minute approaches. Half an hour to go in this drab game it's a drab game actually it's, it's not a it, I can't say it's an exciting spectacle Ben Thompson book for a, a clattering challenge on the Rochdale midfielder there um, as it is Millwall leading that drab spectacle so it's the best way around town it rather than be losing it but I don't think anyone who's watching this today can say they've been exhilarated by proceeding so far half an hour to go though Rochdale launched the ball into the box again it's a flicked header there taken on the line from the, uh, the 19, I think that was, 39, excuse me. Flicked header downwards, right left-hand side of the, uh, right-hand side of the goal. Taken well by Jordan Archer, great save, actually. Again, Rochdale looking dangerous coming forwards. And um, we need to tighten this up. We can't, we can't, we'll better size this will be punishing us, as we've, we've seen on occasions recently. 63 and a half minutes. Rochdale sensing there's something in this game for them. Um, they don't look like a team that's in the relegation zone. They do in terms of quality, but they don't in terms of confidence. 64th minute. The afternoon's turning into a drab and dreary um, turn of events. Um, Rochdale played down at the moment, but really Mill are not looking... Um, they're, they're lacking any spark at the moment, for me, anyway. Of course, a goal will settle all of those complaints and um, quibbles, won't it? 66 minutes, going to be another Rochdale free kick. Been a lot of pressure from uh, Rochdale in the second half. Right-hand side, about... Just about halfway inside the uh, the mill half, towards the, the penalty area side of that half, if you like. It's going to be uh, launched in from their right. And they've looked dangerous, to be honest, whenever they put the ball into the uh, into the middle with the most similar balls. There's the nine. There is. That's been coming. That's an equaliser, two each. That has been coming all half, and the crowd will react to that. Ugh. Basic, basic, basic stuff. Ball launched into the central part of the uh, defence. And we're beaten by the number nine, unchallenged, basically. Serious, serious question marks about Mills' defence today. Halfway through a second half, we really should not be 
uh, on a par with this this team. They, they, they're a, a poor side, but we're making them look, poor, uh, look better than they are. And we've said that a few times in recent weeks. Another ball through. There's Jordan Archer's going to collect that one. 60, 67 half minutes gone. Very, very frustrating Matt, game of football. Lee Gregory, 69 minutes, wins a free kick, backing into or being balked from behind by the uh, the Rochdale defence. It's going to be a mill free kick, central, about halfway inside the Rochdale half. This very frustrating second half. World chips forward, aiming towards Steve Morrison. Crowd behind of goal, crying out that he was being held. Uh, it's going to be a corner in the event. How many will find themselves in this position, Lord alone knows. Well, we, we know it's a blame. He's bolted the bobble in round. There's that shot from uh, the edge of the penalty by um, Craig. Put wide. Two each at the moment, 20 minutes to play. Second yellow for Ben Thompson. Looked a yellow in all honesty as soon as he clattered into his man. That's Ben Thompson out of the game. That's a major blow for the Lions. Major, major blow for the Lions. Inside the Rochdale half, I mean, it's, it's a lack of thinking process, really, isn't it? He didn't need to be doing that. There's Craig having a word with the referee. Is he going to get something? It's like a yellow for him. Craig for ye uh, yellow. 73 minutes. The wheels are coming off the Millwall bus slightly at the moment. We're still in it, two each, but that's a major loss now. We're down to 10 men. 17 to go. In all honesty, this is self-inflicted. We've looked very poor in the second half. A large stretches of the half. We've conceded huge amounts of possession to a poor Rochdale side. And that challenge there by Ben Thompson. OK, it draws a roar from the crowd, but it was, it was stupid. In that position and in that moment, there was no direct danger. Nigel gives offside against Steve Morrison. On the half-line, crowd disagreeing with that decision as you can hear I'm going to say it's too easy to blame the referees made one or two um, poor decisions and the crowd are howling as you can hear behind me but this is self-inflicted no one's put us in this position but ourselves nobody's fault but ours like the old blue song used to sing ain't nobody's fault but mine well back to the wall time here Jimmy Edu's coming in looks like Ferguson's going to come out showing up the midfield 75 minutes gone. Another Rochdale attack. 80 minutes. Ball in from the left-hand side as they attack. A little bit of um, Keystone Cops defending there, but it gets away from the Mill defence in the end. By Hook and by Crook. By the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Chin. Game very much in the balance at the moment. Possibly favouring Rochdale. It's still two each, obviously, but their attack breaks down, as I'm saying that, on, the, on their right. There's another pump forwards. No direction to that pump. The goalkeeper... Chips it up and high. A little bit of a panicky moment there for the Rochdale defence. It falls to Worrell. Worrell coming down the right. A bit of space. What can he do? Launches the ball into the mix. That's taken out by the, def the defender. 80 I must say, Worrell's crossing has not been of the highest order today. In a bizarre way, the game's got more enjoyable since Ben Thompson's been sent off. I don't make of that what you will. I don't know. Maybe you should get on the psychiatrist's couch as, as Millwall fans generally. I think we, we have some psychological issues and flaws as, as, a, as a breed um, somehow I'm finding myself more engrossed and more connected to the game since we've got a man down and um, maybe there's a sense of injustice flying around I don't know whether that makes us react I don't know 85 minutes 5 minutes for the Lions to try and find something to try and get 
what should be three points at the start of this you know the start of this half we were leading it we should be leading it still and we should be taking three points out of this as it is we're on one with a chance of having zero if, if uh, Rochdale can get their shit together as they say I went all hip-hop there did you hear that oh, get your shit together that's what hip-hop stars say I believe get your shit together man you mother Greg's coming out Fred's coming in Williams angles a ball out on the right side towards Steve Morris it falls to his feet inside the box ball across the box it's Fred 3-3-2 Fred 3-2 Fred 3-2 minutes to go 88 minutes disallowed fuck me <laughs> after all that <laughs> disallowed uh, two each still sorry listeners and withdraw that last um, ejaculation that ejaculation I have to withdraw it apologies ball falls to Rochdale in the middle penalty a shot on goal about a yard wide of the left post 88 and a half minutes that's an oak back header from Nelson conceding a corner Williams with a header bouncing around still ball not cleared penalty he's awarded a penalty and a, a yellow card for Byron oh for fuck's sake this game is getting worse going from uh, sublime to going from bad to worse Rochdale penalty minutes to go can't tell you what for I'm sorry listeners I didn't see the incident in real time referees instant reaction was to award a penalty here we go the force is going to take 3-2 to Rochdale, right hand side of the goal, shocking, shocking second half performance by the Lions, total collapse in all honesty, um, awful, awful half of football from the middle perspective, um, big, big question marks, big question marks over our central defence, over our management, sorry to say that to all you Neil Harris fans, that legend of the club and so on and so forth, but that and last week's performance at South End was absolutely appalling half of football from the middle perspective. There are clearly, clearly, clearly some serious issues in this squad. I know you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to be a Millwall loyalist. But to relinquish a 2-1 lead at half-time to a 3-2 loss to a team like Rochdale uh, with a sending off to boot is a disaster. Absolute disastrous performance by Millwall. Um, the, bigger, the bigger picture, I, I don't know. Words last week in in the South End dressing room. What was what now? More words this week. Words up at Peterborough. There'll be more words. What about some action? Fred in a clattering there on the edge of the penalty. It's going to be the last chance saloon for the Lions. Free kick on the right the right hand side as we attack. Words, words, words. What action? There you go. Mill lose it 2-3 having led it 2-1 at half time one of the poorest second half displays one of the poorest displays let's get it right over the course of 90 minutes I've seen in a long time that was spineless spineless in, on the football sense in at the central defence and goalkeeper um, clearly not coordinated and spineless in the courage sense absolutely awful there you go 3-2 win for Rochdale we'll be back after these messages with Mr Charlie Mahoney Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei.
Are you tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with a football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Big welcome to the show to um, a guest not been on for a little while. Charlie Mahoney. Welcome back to the show, Charlie. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. What depressing circumstances to be talking again after a few months. Um, awful, awful display yesterday. Just really soul-destroying. I mean, I thought last week sort of um, depressed me a bit. But yesterday really compounded it. We were talking about the South End result on the way up to the game yesterday, sort of saying, you know, you can have these results even if you end up winning the league. You're going to have a few discrepancies. Yeah. The problem is yesterday, that's, I mean, that really does mean that our form has gone down the shitter, doesn't it, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, uh, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's the second poor display in seven days. I mean, there, it, it's interesting. Someone posted on the House of Fun that we, we've both scored the most goals in the division and conceded the most goals in the division. So, I mean, if if that statistic and last week at South End and yesterday at the Den doesn't tell Neil Harris something about the state of our defence, I don't know what will do. It's almost having your nose rubbed in the shit, isn't it? Our defence is awful. Our defence is fucking awful. There's no other way to put it. I think the problem is is that um, you know Harris has always been candid about the fact that he's he's going to be very uh, unflexible in terms of what he plays. He said that a fans for and that any successful Millwall team. Under him, we'll play four or two. In the week, we've had Morrison talking about, you know, we're going to stick to our philosophy and that people are going to have to lump it. 
Yeah, that's all working good because we, you know, we had a great season last year, um, and I, you know, I can appreciate the fact that they don't want to change too many things. But the reality is, is because the the defence has been so bad this season, you have to adapt to that. So you can't play the way you did last season because we could actually defend. We need to adapt to what one of our weaknesses is this season and try and get it right. I think. I think that I mean the. The, the lump it approach, just call it that, because um, this is the best way we can put it. It sounds a little bit derogatory to it, but I, I have no problem with a direct style of play. I don't know about yourself on this, Charlie, but I don't have a problem with using our attributes. And if it means getting the ball forward early to Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory, well, the goal scored tally tells you all you need to know. I don't think... Uh, I'd like to see our wingers get to the byline a little bit more often. We don't seem to be using the width of the pitch very much. But it's generating goals. I mean, I think there's no, you know, even listening back to the live piece I did earlier on, we had a few chances. We had chances first half, we had chances in the second half. So I don't think there's any huge issue going forwards. The problem yeah. problem lies if you can't keep the ball out of the net at the other end, Charlie, doesn't it? Which is, which is fundamentally what we've got at the moment. I agree. Um, my worry is that, you know, um, we maybe need to defend as a team a bit more, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's not happening at I the moment, is it? That's not happening at the moment. But I think the issue may be in midfield, possibly. Um, you know, I rate Thompson. I think he is a prospect. Um, Williams had another poor game yesterday after actually having a bit of a renaissance in the team. Yeah. Um, but I think they leave the defence open quite a lot. You know, I, I remember something that Jacket said when he was in charge. We we score with a team and we defend as a team. We're part of both processes, and I think we need to sort of maybe take that into account this season. That um, yeah, the the scoring's not been a problem, but we're leaving ourselves a bit open actually when teams come at us. I mean, you're right to pick up on Williams in midfield. I, I don't think he's he, he he's not the prime candidate for the um, for the blame game from yesterday's performance, but he's certainly. Oh. He's certainly a factor. I, I don't think there's any, um, you know, he looked lazy, and he, when he when he when he looks like that, he's um, I don't know, he's, he's a slight passenger at times in midfield. Ben Thompson is Ben Thompson, isn't he, Charlie? I mean, he, he just brings this kind of dynamo quality that um, is is Millwall through and through. But sometimes an element of stupidity, which is also Millwall through and through, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah, to be on a yellow and then go flying in for that second tackle like he did. Um, it's naivety, it's naivety. I don't think there's any other way to put it, really. I know he's a young kid, but it's naive. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm, I'm not sure I make Harris right about how it was a disgrace to send him off, to be honest. That was that seemed to be sort of the prime feature of Harris's uh, sort of post-match interview that that decision really affected us. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes you've just got to sort of uh, calm it down a bit when you want to book in and I've got Hopefully, he can just put that down to the exuberance of youth and that he might mature and those sort of things. He's got to learn from that. I mean, if you're carrying a yellow card, you can't go flying into midfield crunching tackles with quite the same gusto that you would have done if you didn't have the yellow hanging over your head. But there we are. You're right. He's a young boy. He'll learn, we hope. And um, I think he's got a lot going for him, Ben Thompson. So I... I certainly wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't name check him in in the in the litany of villains yesterday. Um, defensively, we were wide open against the poor side there, Charlie Rochdale weren't all that, were they? And yet they we managed to make them look a dangerous side towards the latter part of the game, the second half. Yeah, I mean their first goal, uh, good finish from the fella, but the amount of time and space he had in the penalty area was frankly disgusting. Shocking. Shocking. I thought, uh, yeah. 
But I think um, not just in terms of, of the way the goal sort of unfolded. I, I think it's the lead up really. I think not only are we allowing every week uh, teams to cross up will into the box, it seems that every time they do, and particularly yesterday, it creates absolute chaos. I mean, I don't think there was a, a situation where a Rochdale cross came in and we we ever dealt no. with it effectively. No, we looked we looked at sixes and sevens. I mean the. The first goal probably told the story for the for much of the game, really. Because I mean, that was a uh, they were attacking down their right. So our left is is Tony Craig in left back position, rightly or, or wrongly. There he is in left back position. The cross comes in, and it ran across Byron Webster. Uh, Sid Nelson seemed to freeze like a rabbit in the headlights, and the Rochdale man had a had a free a free run, a free shot on goal, and um, we conceded. And that was a very poor goal to give away in those circumstances. I think. Um... It is quite interesting, really. Your first 10 minutes of the game prior to the goal, a few of us did remark on how poor Watchdale looked. Um, yeah. you know, they, weren't, they weren't able to, to deal with our threat at all. Uh, they looked really poor defending throw-ins yesterday, I thought. Um, well, they were, tw- actually, they were 23rd in the table. I mean, you, you, they're in that position for a reason. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we, we've clawed our way back into it. We've gone 2-1 ahead. The, I, I thought it was a penalty for Lee, uh, that, you know, Lee Gregory converted. I think Aidan O'Brien got clipped. Um, sorry, opening goal was Aidan O'Brien, wasn't it? Lee Gregory was put through and, and um, the ball fell into O'Brien's path, which is a nice way to get back into it almost immediately. But then the penalty to go ahead, I, I thought it was a penalty. I know one or two on the on the net have said that um, it looked questionable, but um, I thought it was a, a penalty from where I sat. And again, nicely converted by Lee Gregory. So we've gone 2-1 ahead and we've gone into the break. 2-1 ahead and to relinquish that in the second half was was an indictment I mean it was absolutely shocking performance in the second half that's really where it's gone wrong that second period sort of haven't really touched on it myself yet but I think the main problem is, is that we're trying to sit on a 2-1 lead yeah despite the fact that we've never actually been that convincing in the game um, I think it's suicidal doing that against whoever you're playing to be honest but it's especially dangerous when you've never really had the game by the scruff of neck the scruff of the neck and that you know that your opponents have got the ability to score um, I think people are getting a bit tired of this actually uh, last year home games you know Coventry bottom of the league um, were playing all the football uh, prior to that um, I'm thinking you know Bradford's probably a different proposition but the Sheffield United game when they were down in the doldrums yeah. they still had plenty of possession playing a lot of football and it is becoming a bit worrying, actually, um, our ability to dominate games at home. And I think what worries me the most about it is this fact that, you know, uh, one of the bedrocks of Harris's success is that he turned that around, yeah. uh, similar to how Jacket did. Yeah. Um, the difference is I hope it doesn't end up being like a Jacket situation where the home form goes totally out the window and it affects his whole tenure at the club. There seems to be no drive within the squad. There's There's no... There's no anger at the situation. I mean, you know, Tony Craig. I mean, we have to mention him. I, I think that Tony Craig, if he has a function within the squad and within the side, it's as a leader on the pitch and somebody that won't tolerate defeat, that won't tolerate um, sloppy play. Um, the man that drives the that drives the thing forward, the engine of the side. And we're neither seeing. He's certainly not in it for football reasons. In, in you know, without being too cruel on him, he's, he's not a great footballer. But he's not a great leader, Charlie, is he? He's not doing the business on the pitch. I think he looks exhausted, not physically, but I just he just doesn't look like the same player 
that I remember. Um, I think you're absolutely right that he was never technically anything special, but he brought a lot to the team in terms of personality and attitude. And, and yeah, that, that's gone away now. And uh, what looked, a, I thought it was a great acquisition when he came back to the club now looks like a bit of a disaster, frankly. Absolutely. I mean, he seems to be undroppable. And this, this is... I'm wondering whether this lies at the heart of the the kind of collapse of morale that we're seeing um, defensively, certainly um, within the side. Um, this this idea that Tony Craig plays, whether, you know, whenever he's fit, basically, he seems to be in the squad come what may. He's not there on merit, um, and he's, he doesn't seem to be on on the on in there for leadership. <clears throat> so you're wondering why he's in the team. Um, and this, I'm starting to wonder if he's actually Tony Craig behind renewal. Barney um, <laughs> Rone hasn't divulged who he thinks it is yet. Um, it could be. Even that, or he's got some kind of hardcore pornography over Neil Harris or something that gets him in the yeah. squad, no matter what he what he does, because it's it's very hard. I mean, and it must be soul destroying for the likes of Noah Chesmain, who is a promising young left back. Um, I would be wondering why I'm not being picked when you, you see what you see on the pitch. I mean, this is destructive for morale, isn't it? It, it was especially telling last season with, with the playoff situation. Um, you know, Morrison's achieved all that. Uh, he's, he's finished the season quite spectacularly as Gregory did. And then, you know, we've discussed it before, but Craig sort of swans into the squad and gets the captaincy straight away. So there is... There is this overriding feeling at the club that there are some individuals who will be um, given preferential treatment regardless of how things are going. And, and that's always going to create resentment and then probably have an effect on the pitch as well. Absolutely. I mean, is the question marks really, much as none of us want to say this, because, uh, you know, we're all Neil Harris fans. We all know what a club legend he is. And we all we all know what he's contributed to our football club as, as a player. Um, as a manager, he's... he's, he's He's done a fair job in difficult circumstances, but I'm just wondering whether we're starting to see some of the the, the, the kind of limitations of, of him as a manager. I mean, this is a huge month ahead of him now, Charlie. He's, he's got to turn this around, and it's the question is whether he can. Will, will he be willing to take on the um, you know, the, the kind of uh, the sacred cow that is that is Tony Craig and, and and leave him out of the side because that's going to be the solution to moving us forward. <clears throat> and solving central defence. I mean, Sid Nelson is not the answer. He looked out of his depth yesterday as well. Yeah, I think Nelson's got a lot to learn as well. And I think, you know, obviously I'd, I'd never want to make parallels between us and, and Manchester United, but it's that similar dynamic of what Mourinho was going to do with Rooney. Everyone's calling out for it, and it looks like, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's a big call, and it, and it paid dividends for them yesterday. And I'm thinking Harris has got a similar dynam- uh, dilemma really. Um, on, on the point of Aris, I think, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We all love Aris and we want him to do well. I'm just worried that he might become a victim of his own success because he had such a great season last year. Yeah. Um, we all said when he was appointed that the great thing about having him at the helm was that because we're so fond of him, he's going to get time. Unfortunately, when you achieve something so quickly in your career, you set a benchmark, don't you? And, and you know, he's, he's going to be sort of based on that standard. So I'm desperate for him to turn it around, not just as a mere Wolf fan, but because I, I really like him as an individual. Well, it's like Freddie Mercury. He did the Bohemian Rhapsody very early in his career there, Charlie, and, you know, spent the rest of his time doing stuff that wasn't as good as Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, um, no, it's, it's, it's popular. 
apocalypse now, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's that idea, mate. It is that idea. Um, just looking at one or two tweets from yesterday, there's one wonderful one from Sam Sevenoaks um, asking for uh, Ches Main to be given a go and, and comparing Tony Craig in, in central defence with an old wardrobe. And um, I, I stuck a, a, a poll online for a bit of fun and um, over 90% of voters preferred the old wardrobe in central defence to Tony Craig. I know he was playing left side yesterday, but <laughs> I thought that was quite an amusing amusing post. Well, I'm, I'm glad. It's great, actually. I was laughing my head off at that, but it's, it's good that people have got a sense of humour at the moment because if you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But, it's a, um, a gallows humour, isn't it? Exactly. I think my my main uh, hope is that this Hutchinson's got something about him when he returns. I think a lot a lot is riding on his ability as a central defender, and if he can if he can forge a partnership with Webster, then I think things would improve rapidly. But that is that is a big if. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, there was a, a post yesterday online saying how we, we've lost Beavers, you know, Mark, uh, Mark Beavers from last season. And I must say, in the absence of Beavers, um, Byron has not looked half the player this season that he did last season. It's almost oh. like he's, he's he's going backwards, where he he made massive progress last season, but he's, he's going backwards. He's got no one around him at the moment to to work with. Um, and you do wonder, you know, what, what, whether Hutchinson, you know, it's almost like he's he's our hope going forwards here because we do need that central defensive partnership to 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 come alive again. Yeah, I can see. Uh, forgive me, I'm not entirely sure what the seriousness of Hutchinson's injury is, and how, how soon he'll be back. But um, you no. know, I, I'm not telling Harris how to do his job, but I'd seriously look at delving into the line market. Um, Nelson is not the finished article, I think. At times yesterday, his aerial ability was really questionable. Um, Craig, we, we've discussed that, and you know, as, as good as Webster is, I think you're right, and I think any uh, great defence is based on an actual partnership at centre half. It's never a matter of one good individual carrying someone else that can never work. You need two solid, reliable players in that position. I've mentioned in in the in the uh, live review. I was, I was listening to a, a podcast with um, Viali Gianluca Viali, talking about the difference between Italian and English football as a general generality, and how Italian football still places great emphasis and, and admiration on the art of defence. And we, we as a, as, as, a, as a nation, seem to have lost that art form. And, and certainly at Millwall at the moment, we don't seem to we don't seem to have a defence in many respects. And I think that's that's at the root of the current crisis at the club. Um, I'm hoping that you're, you're right. I'm hoping Hutchinson can turn this around. I've not seen him, so you're rather pinning your hopes on, on an unknown quantity, really, aren't you? It's a worrying thing, actually, because it's not only a, a big ask um, from us. It's, it's going to put untold amounts of pressure on him when he comes back into the fold. Um, Harris talks about a clean sheet mentality, but I'm not quite sure that's enough. I, I, I would like to think having a clean sheet mentality was a prerequisite um, it, it's what you're able to do on the football pitch that really counts and uh, they look clueless in that regard at the moment. We was also talking in the week on News at Den about uh, making Mill a horrible side to play against um, and yes, that's 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 what we all want but I mean, we look like the most welcoming side to play against at the moment, don't we? We, we seem to have this mentality that one goal goes in and... Um, or a setback happens of some sort, and we we fold, we we give it up. We 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 must be wonderful pl- a, a place to come to for away signs at the minute. So I'm not sure where this horrible den thing's going to come from. If 
you know, if, if certain um, major issues aren't tackled soon. I think we're in, I think we could be in trouble if, if this doesn't liven up soon. I'm, I think we've got the ability to score goals and that may, that may be enough, but if we can't keep them out the other end, we're going to lose more games than we win. And I'm mean, just looking at the tables. We're talking there, Charlie, and we're down to uh, mid-table. Um, Ten-game uh, moment comes on uh, Tuesday. I think we're away at Port Vale. That's the ten-game mark. And at the moment, we're looking at average mid-table side. And I think that's not a bad assessment of us in some respects, which is a it's a shocking thing to say. So soon after, you know, the Bradford um, away leg, when we, I, I was proud to say it was one of the best games, best halves I've seen in, in many, many years. It's quite a quite a plummet, isn't it? It is. And, um, you know, I don't want to make things sound too catastrophic, um, you know, in light of, of what's potentially going to happen off the pitch. But uh, this can't be avoided. This is this is genuinely concerning. And, and I think um, I think what needs to happen is, is, is we need to sort of just put the brakes on it, if that makes sense, really. I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but we need to forget about the last few results when we go up to Port Vale and uh, try something slightly different, really. Because I, I admire the fact that Harris wants to play in a certain way. And I've always said that he wanted to appeal to the sensibilities of our support. But... Um, Sometimes results are more important and you have to be a little bit more wily than that and, and just do what you can to, to get a result. Yeah, I mean, great managers react to, to games. I mean, that, that second half, as it was progressing, I think we could all see the goal coming. It was, it was almost like a, like the tide coming in at the seaside, wasn't it? You could just feel that Rochdale equaliser coming. And the fact that Neil Harris didn't change it, um, well, that that's, unfortunately, that's, that's his job. He's got to see the way the... The, the the game the game is going and and the trends of the game and, and make adjustments to to do his best to take it out and it, we're just so one dimensional I think that's the major criticism of him at the moment yeah big week oh, ahead I mean, big week ahead Port Vale away huge, huge, um, really. Walsall away next week and I think we've also got the um the the, the, the Lewisham cabinet meeting I think that might be on Wednesday as well so we've actually got another big seven days ahead of us we seem to be having dramatic weeks week by week at the moment Charlie don't we it's a lot to take in. Um, we were talking about this yesterday before the game about this idea of whether, you know, are the um, are the off-field incidents having an effect? And must be. I mean, I think it, it would be insane if they weren't. But I like to think that we're the sort of club that could actually deal with that sort of adversity as well. Um, I, I think what we need to do is actually sort it out on a pitch and give the fans a cause for optimism and not think about this sort of thing because um, it's enough to take in on its own. Yeah, the, fo- the football drives everything, I agree. Give give exactly. the fans something to get behind on the field and everything else will fall into place. But, um, I mean, that, that the starting point for that is is some cohesion between defence and midfield. Um, and that was wide open yesterday. So there, there it is. Um, I think a big month ahead for Neil Harris and a big week ahead for um for Millwall Football Club actually. So we shall see where we are next next weekend. It'll be interesting if nothing else, Nick. Big thank you for coming on the show, Charlie. Um You're welcome. My pleasure, mate. Always good to have you back, mate. And um fingers crossed for the week ahead. Definitely. Cheers, mate. It's a Sunday morning Yes, Sunday morning nightmare indeed. Second poor defeat in seven days. Some fantastic tweets from last night, which I want to share with you before we close out today's show. Big thank you for Charlie for coming on there. Um, but I just wanted to um, mention 
fantastic tweet from Emma Jane, who sums it all up, really, in, 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 in what, 140 characters on, on Twitter. Emma Jane asks, why football makes, makes her really sad? Why do we play long ball, Emma asks? Why do we concede, concede such pathetic goals? Why do we get shit refs? Why do we play TC? I mean, that is, in a nutshell, is everything, Emma. Um, fantastic post. Um, I don't know. I, I, I copied in Millwall FC to that post last night because I, I think the answers need to come from, from Millwall Football Club. James Woods, speaking about Neil Harris, says he was a very good lower league player, James says, but definitely not a manager. Clueless, says James. Um, Aisha Smith says Tony Craig needs to go. The others, meaning the other squad members, have lost interest as he still gets played when he plays shite. A very unsettled dressing room, says Aisha. Robert Lyons. The players, our players, are overhyped, says Robert. This is a poor team with a poor manager. Mid-table mediocrity, I'm sorry to say, which is where we find ourselves in a minute, Robert. Make you right there, mate, at the moment, anyway. Michael Wills asks, is the pure reluctance stroke stubbornness to drop Craig? Or asks, what is, why is there a reluctance and stubbornness to drop Craig? Harris says he'll back youth, but what youth have we seen this season? Very good point, given the lacklustre show of the of the main team, last the first choice team last week, this week. Where are the kids? Jay Shaw says it all, it's all very worrying at the moment. Now Harris seems a little bit lost. It's easily turned around. I hope it is easily turned around, Jay. But it does need to happen soon, as you rightly say. And Andrew, MFC, says opposition managers must plan their team talk around the fact that we will concede the first goal. Every team gets a one-goal lead at the den. Tony Pike, we'll finish on this one, in defence of Neil Harris. Tony Pike says, it's Harris's only only his second season, for fuck's sake. We know Neil Harris is going to make mistakes. It's only September, and he would rather he made them now than in April or May. Um, like I said, speaking to Charlie, I don't think we're at panic stations yet. But this is a big October ahead of him. Um, if we're still playing like this, if we're still getting results like yesterday and last week, by mid to late October, uh, we know how it, we hone out, we know how football finishes, don't we, listeners? There we are. You've been listening to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's show, albeit a misery fest. Let's hope for better next week. Look after yourselves. And I'm not going away with some dirty northern punts to spit all over me. He spits over me. I'm You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.